Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Hello and a very warm welcome to Reflections from Torch Trust. I'm Marilyn Baker and this is a show that focuses on faith and disability in today's world. Today we're celebrating National Storytelling Week, which runs from the 28th of January to the 5th of February. It was created by the Society of Storytelling to embrace the joy stories bring. As you may know, a very important part of Torch's work is the sharing of stories through Braille, large print, audio library and bookshop. We want everyone with sight loss to have good access to all sorts of Christian literature and resources. So we've asked Susie James to come on the show again and share some of the wonderful new titles we've added to our catalogue. Susie will be with us in just a few minutes, but first, here's our thought for the week. It's all about another way of sharing stories. Here in Cranley, where I live, we have a Churches Together team with representatives from all four churches in the village in Surrey, called the Open the Book team. We go weekly into the three primary schools and act out Bible stories at assembly time. The boys and girls love to take part as well, so we dress them up in Eastern clothes like us to perform in the non-speaking parts in crowd scenes. A reader uses the Bible Society's book of children's Bible stories, which are adapted for acting. At the end of the play, a member of the team gives a short summing up of the lesson we can learn from the story. Recently, the team acted out one of the stories at the Senior Link, a Tuesday afternoon meeting for the over 50s at the Baptist Church. We acted out the story Jesus told of the man who invited his friend to a feast, but they made excuses and wouldn't come. One had bought land, one had to look after his cows, and one had got married. So the man went out into the streets and invited the poor, the disabled and the blind. Jesus spoke then of the big party in heaven to which all are invited. After we had finished the play, I brought out the lesson speaking about God's big party that is pictured in the last book of the Bible as the wedding feast of the Lamb. This reminds us of John the Baptist's words about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We don't much like being called sinners, but remember, sin has an eye in the middle. And just like those in Jesus' parable, we may let the big eye rule our lives and let other activities crowd out the acceptance to the feast. When asked, are you going to heaven? Many say, I hope so, or I think so, and would think it presumptive to say, I know so. It would indeed be presumption if it depended on our good works. But Jesus taught that we need to trust in him and what he did for us on the cross, the sacrificial lamb of God. At funeral services, we often read the passage where Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. He said that because he knew we would be troubled. He went on, trust in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. Dear old Thomas, the doubter, asks, how can we know the way? Jesus replies, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas would only believe after seeing Jesus alive again after his crucifixion. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. 
Thus, for young and old, we can have assurance that through his mercy and abundant grace, we will be welcomed into heaven. Well, Alan's acting experiences do sound rather fun. And what a lovely way to share the Bible with people. Now, speaking of sharing with people, here's Susie to tell us what interesting books she's been getting stuck into recently. So, Susie, thanks for joining us today. Um, it's great to have you back on the show to talk about books once more. And uh, I think you've got some really exciting ones to share with us today. Yes, I have, Grace. Thank you for having me back. Um, it's always exciting to get our What's New magazine. It comes out for our clients four times a year. And honestly, I, I could just take a whole week off work and just sit and read books because it's so exciting to see the list that we've got. And interestingly, um, we've got quite a few fiction books and um, some of the fiction books we have are written by Pam Rhodes, who people may remember from Songs of Praise. And I've read some of Pam's books that we have in the library um, and they're lovely, really nicely written and enjoyable. And she's got a new set of books out called The Dunbridge Chronicles. And uh, we've got the first four books um, that are available in our, our library now. And we've got them on uh, Daisy, so you can listen on audio. Um, they're also in giant print and Braille. And I know um, lots of people enjoy actually having that physical uh, Braille copy, which is great. And um, it sounds quite intriguing, really, the idea of this series of books. Um, so there's sort of uh, a, one where here it says about saints and sailors. Three groups of people come together for a more or less godly cruise around the British Isles. Now, my mum had to go on a cruise around the British Isles after COVID um, because, you know, the ships weren't, weren't going overseas. But it's true, isn't it? Sometimes you find yourself in these scenarios where you get talking to people. So it's a great idea for a novel, and I'm sure that will be quite interesting. Uh, and another one that we've got by Karen Kingsbury is called Sunrise. And I mean, this definitely hooked me in and I want to give it a read. It said, in preparation for their wedding day, Dane Matthews and Katie Hart are determined to keep the ceremony a secret from the paparazzi. Their relationship grows closer as they plan together. But is it possible for Katie to find a place in Dane's world? So that sounds good. Um, so plenty of fiction to enjoy. Wow, both of those books sound really interesting. I mean, I love the idea of the cruise one. Uh, I'm not sure if it would make me want to go on a cruise or put me off, but it sounds pretty interesting either way. So uh, they sound great. And uh, so what, what other kind of books have you got for us today? Also got um, some study books, uh, which people can, can use on their own. Or perhaps, you know, if you do attend a church, that would complement something that someone else is doing. So one of the new ones we have is on the book of Revelation, which is right at the end of the Bible and can be quite tricky to understand at times. Um, and also we've got books about um, Christian lifestyle. Um, so we've got L is for lifestyle, which is by um, Ruth Valero. And she looks at threats to people and our planet and how we can look after creation, which obviously is something that we're becoming more conscious of, how we need to live differently if we're going to avoid uh, some of the, the dangers of uh, climate change. Where this will lead 
was The Story I'll Tell by Maverick City Music featuring Naomi Rain. And don't forget, if you'd like copies of any of the books Susie tells us about today, we'll be giving out our contact information at the end of the show. And remember, if you'd like to find out more about the Society of Storytelling, then do visit their website, sfs.org.uk. Well, I wonder what else Susie has in store for us. Let's go back to our book talk now and find out. So, Susie, it's only January, I know, and it may seem a bit early to think about this, but Lent is coming up, and I know that Torch has a great range of resources for Lent study, Lent reading, and uh, just wondered if you could share a few of those with us. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, the first thing to say is we've got a freebie that we're giving away. And this is something for you to read over Lent um, in, in the lead up to Easter. And this one is called Encountering Jesus. And it's actually written by friends of Torch who have sight loss. And um, it's interesting just to kind of get their perspective looking at those events uh, that lead up to the Easter story. So you can order that. Uh, free of charge from Torch. Um, but we've also got some resources created and published by other organisations. So um, there's one called Images of Grace by Amy Scott. And uh, we will be listening to a, hopefully a little snippet of that in, in a few moments. One of the books that I've had a little look into um, before our interview today, Grace, is a book about failure. And, you know, <laughs> but what is it that drew me to that? But for all of us, we'll experience failure in different ways. You know, 
whether it is like my friend Sheila, she said, you know, she goes to get something out of the cupboard, a tin, and because and she's blind, she can't read the label. And she thought she's opening, you know, some soup and she's got a tin of custard. So sometimes failure is in the small things. And sometimes we can we can struggle with failure, you know, when we haven't been able to um, hold on to a relationship or we haven't been able to hold on to a job or or whatever it is, we can feel like failures. And and what do we do with those feelings? And um, Emma has written a book. The sort of longer title is what Jesus said about sin, mistakes and messing stuff up. So it definitely appealed to me because I feel like I'm always messing up and we need to do something with that. We can't just ignore it and that feeling. She says, the trouble is we can never escape from failure. We can try very hard to do better all the time. But the fact is failure is here to stay because sin is here to stay. And that might sound a little bit depressing, you know, well, we're always going to mess up. We're always going to um, feel like failures. But she said we should look failure full in the face. It's a good idea. We can learn from it. And what do we do with that? That's what she's going to kind of explore in the book. And, you know, she just reminds us that the God of the Bible is a merciful God who is full of compassion. So, you know, we can't uh, avoid it. We can't make it go away. Um, but actually we can bring it to God. So she's going to be exploring that. And that's something that you could read on your own um, or it's something that you might want to do uh, in a group setting. And at the end of each uh, chapter, after she sort of um, put her thoughts down, there's some questions that you can reflect on. So I think that will be a really great um, Lent resource. Uh, and the last one uh, is sort of a, an odd title. It says you can be serious. And I suppose it's kind of going on from that kind of you can't be serious, um, but actually you can be serious. And it's uh, meeting Jesus afresh in John's gospel. So um, John's gospel, one of the four accounts that we have of Jesus's life. Uh, and he's going to be exploring that, uh, looking at the different accounts we have, uh, the different moments that we get to see Jesus. Um, and, you know, again, it's just an ideal uh, study book that you could use um, during Lent. They say you're the king of everything, the one who taught the wind to sing, the source of the rhythm my heart keeps beating. And they say you can give the blind their sight, and you can bring the dead to life. You can be the hope my soul's been seeking. I want to tell you now that I believe it. I want to tell you now that I believe it. I do that you can make me.
And that was Francesca Battistelli with Write Your Story. We'll go back once more to Susie. We've heard about some great books today, Susie. Thank you. I think I'll have to add all of those to my reading list. Um, it's going to be a very long reading list, but that is wonderful. Earlier in the show, you mentioned the book Images of Grace, and I, that one sounds really interesting. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that, please? Well, I think grace is a concept that we often find quite challenging. Um, it's it's hard to forgive others and it's hard to forgive ourselves. And so Amy Scott is uh, just really helping us here to think about Christ's work of reconciliation on the cross. And um, my mum always says grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. But I don't want to take away from anything that Amy's written in the book. So maybe it'll be good for us to listen to uh, a bit of what she has to say. Acting as peacemaker in sibling arguments comes with the territory of having more than one child. I'm sure I'm not the only mother who has pulled apart two squealing children, with accusations, and small missiles, still being flung between them, and after a hopeless few minutes trying to get to the bottom of who started it, has barked, just say sorry to each other and stop. I'm sure, also, that I'm not the only parent who has received every kind of apology except a real one the pouting sorry, the shouted sorry, the door slam sorry, and of course that sibling favorite, I'm sorry that he's so annoying. At one point, searching parenting websites for tips and reassurance, I came across what became known in our family as a proper sorry. It involves four steps, name what you've done wrong, explain why it was wrong and how it hurt the other person, apologize, and say what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen again. I would love to say that it worked like a charm, but there are no charms in parenting. It did, however, lead me to reflect on how I apologize as an adult, and how often my sorry has been performative, acted out to keep the peace while deep down I remain convinced that I'm in the right. The thing about a proper sorry is that it can't be said quickly in the heat of the moment, so that the adult will leave you alone and you can get straight back to teasing your sister. It can't be said grumpily or gracelessly, there's simply too much of it to get through. It can't be said while you're still accusing the other person. And it can't even be convincingly acted. It takes time, reflection, and distance from the event to manage it. In other words, it's impossible to say a proper sorry unless you really are sorry, which means that it is not the kind of apology a parent can insist on. It is precious and rare both between our children and in any human relationship. I've taken to listening for the four steps whenever somebody in the news makes a public apology. They are very rarely all included. In Psalm 51, David was anxious not just to go through the steps of repentance for show. As the king, he knew what words and actions would have satisfied the people around him, and he knew the sacrifices and rituals that a priest would be likely to ask him to undertake. But he sensed that God would not be pleased with the standard burnt offering. As we saw yesterday, the only way for David to repent was to hand over everything that his sin had broken, including himself, to God. David begins these verses with Lord, open my lips. It's as if he is aware that even opening his mouth of his own accord will lead him to stumble, his handing over his speech to God in complete submission. Story of me 
was a story of shame. Wrong turns written on every page. So many parts that were so messed up. But I love the part where you showed up. Rewriting my past, rewriting my hurt. Line by line, word by word. And now my story is living proof. There's not a chapter that you can't use. My story, your glory, my pain. Now the story of me is a story of grace Fingerprints of mercy on every page No more ashamed of the path I took You set me free to be an open book If even my scars are part of your plan Take all of my heart, Lord, here I am My only cause till you call me home Is knowing you more and making you know My story, your glory My Story, Your Glory by Matthew West. Well, I'm afraid we're all out of time for today. I hope you've enjoyed our storytelling special. And remember, if you'd like copies of any of the books discussed on today's show, just get in touch with Torch. The number to call is 01858 438260 or you can email info at torchtrust.org. Our lending library and bookshop are full of a wide variety of Christian literature and resources in accessible formats for people with sight loss. And if you'd like a bit more information or support in choosing what's right for you, why not have a chat with our lovely client services team who are always happy to help. Our phone lines open at 9.30am on Monday morning. So once more, the number to call is 01858 438260 or email info at torchtrust.org. Until next week, from me, Marilyn, and everyone on the Reflections team, goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust. Torch Trust.